Welcome to Apply Filters, the podcast all about WordPress development. Now, here's your hosts, Pippin Williamson and Brad Tunar. Welcome back to episode 29 of Apply Filters. Today, we're going to be covering some listener-submitted questions, uh, everything from deployment scripts to updating plugins on WordPress.org uh, to just general work habits, things that we do throughout the day. Uh, and we want to start, as usual, by talking about some of the things that we've been working on recently. Before we do that, though, a uh, quick shout-out to our permanent sponsors once again, uh, the guys behind Ninja Forms, the WP Ninjas. Go check them out if you haven't. Ninja Forms and De- uh, Ninja Demo. Brad. What have you been doing lately? Hey, man. Uh, we've been working away. Uh, we pushed out a free version uh, of WP Migrate DB. Uh, that was on, geez, that was, yeah, just last week, at the towards the end of the week. So, so you had a free version for a while, so this is just a greatly improved free version? Uh, it's not like... Yeah, there was a lot of changes that we made, a lot of bug fixes and like very, very minor improvements, kind of all behind the scenes stuff. So we made it a point release, but it was a ton of work. We just made a lot of like really small changes. Um, and uh, and yeah, so we finally got that out and then the pro version will be staggered. It'll be coming out probably in a week's time. So very cool. that coming up. And uh, I uh, on the help tab of that plugin, we did we never had a, a support form. We always just had the email address, and people would just email us through their email client or whatever they use for email. Um, so we fixed that up and put a an actual support form in there. So that's pretty cool, and it automatically grabs their um, like the diagnostic info and error log from the plugin. Uh, that's really handy. And attaches it to their their request. It doesn't odd like do it like maliciously. There's a checkbox you got to check for it to for it to do that. But but it'll be super handy because we we always ask people. You know, they'd send us a request, and then we'd email them back and say, "Can you send us the diagnostic?" Right. So you're just removing the need for that extra. Uh... Yeah, we're we're so we're stepping. Yeah, so we're taking out those steps, those extra back and forths that are those are shouldn't be necessary anymore and it just makes it right. way easier for them to give us that stuff checking We've the been, box right i've been meaning to do that for the edd support form where uh we won't necessarily require it but just provide the form to submit that info when they when they open their initial ticket now ours isn't inside of the wordpress admin so the, they they're still going through the form on the website but it would still get rid of that initial reply of hey could you send us your system info yeah exactly and i think that it probably annoys people a little bit, you know, to have to do that extra step just to copy and paste into a text file and then attach that to the reply email. It's just, it's, you know, a few steps that if you can save them, it'll... Makes it better be, for everyone. Yeah, they'll be... Let's you resolve issues faster. They get their issues resolved faster. It's less work for them. That's awesome. And yeah. are you doing that only in the pro version or the free one as well? Uh, just the pro version. We don't, we don't support, like, we don't provide any kind of free support for the free sure. version. Um, you have to upgrade to get to get uh, email support. Yep, and that makes sense. Yeah, you can always use the the .org uh, support forms though to submit requests and stuff. Right. Um, and so yeah, that w- that was the other thing with that was uh, people would send us RTF files and Help Scout doesn't open those, so you so we have to download them and then open them on our local machines. It's, and it's another step you just don't want to have to. Have. <laughs> so yeah, it's going to save us a little bit of you know headaches too. So. Definitely. All good there. And then um, another thing uh, that was a little bit annoying was uh, people, so when we send out renewal emails, um, people have to copy a coupon code into the form when they renew to get the, their discount. Mm-hmm. And uh, some people were forgetting, and so they'd email us, and then we'd have to refund them, and then they'd have to they'd have to go through the whole thing again and actually put the code in this time. So it was kind of annoying for them, annoying for us, and just annoying. So, sure. so, so we uh, now when you click the link in the email, it'll just apply the coupon code uh, automatically. That's a, that's a big improvement. Yeah, it's the small things that add up, right? It really does. <laughs> yeah. Well, and to be honest, it's probably going to make your renewal. Um, not only does it make your renewal process easier, more reliable, but you'll probably have more people actually do the renewal. Maybe. Because if you see someone, if someone goes through the renewal process, they get to the purchase screen, and then they realize the amount is not discounted. 
uh, they may not have ever even seen the discount in the email and they may just decide, eh, I don't want to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. There's no question. Um, yeah. So hopefully that helps, helps things out on for everybody. But yeah. What have you been up to, man? Uh, well, the last week's been a little crazy because uh, our new baby showed up uh, eight days ago. Yeah. Congratulations. Thanks. So that's been fun. Uh, it's been fun getting to know her and getting, getting, getting back on schedule with some things. Uh, but she's, she's doing really well. The wife's doing really good. And our two year old's really enjoying the new baby too. So that's fun. So that's been a week now or, uh, it's been about eight days, eight yeah. days. Nice. Yeah. I'm ahead so of you by, I don't know, three or four weeks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're probably a little bit more back on schedule than we are. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know about that. <laughs> Everyone's got a little bit of a cold, so sleeping isn't uh, isn't so uh, easy these off. days. But uh, beyond that, on the on the work side of things, uh, I've been fighting an issue in EDD for the last. It's been about three weeks ago that it was first reported, uh, and I've spent about the last week kind of debugging and tracking it down. And it's a really strange issue. Uh, basically, if you have any like if you have a custom query on the homepage and that query includes pagination. So maybe you're showing recent portfolio items or recent products or just recent blog posts in a custom query uh, that's paginated. And if you have your homepage set to a, like a static page, uh, it turns out that EDD breaks the pagination that's on that screen, which is not really desirable. Uh, and it turns out that it's doing it for a really strange reason. Uh, and for anybody who was really interested in like looking at what the actual issue was, I'll link the issue in the in the show notes. But basically, uh, I think I finally tracked it down and discovered that there is a bug in WordPress core. Uh, basically, if you call is page during the template redirect action, uh, for some strange reason, the the queried object isn't yet present. So on the home page, uh, if you call is page and you have a if you have pagination so for example like you're trying to go to yoursite.com/page/2 to go to the second page of your query uh, it will actually end up triggering a canonical redirect that makes it go back to just the, the plain homepage url with no pagination parameter which is really strange uh spent about a week trying to track it down and get it mostly fixed but it was odd uh, so it's were, kind of an interesting issue. And you were able to produ- reproduce this like locally in your local dev yep. environment? Yeah. We, yeah. So the first time it was reported, I actually didn't think it was an EDD bug at all. I, I couldn't reproduce it. Uh, and then I, I managed to figure out what you had to do to reproduce it, and now I can make it happen every time. Hmm. So there's definitely an issue in there somewhere. Crazy. Yep, it's weird. But I have to I, go in and put some I'm, filters on the canonical redirect and on template redirect and pre-get post. It's like a three-step process to fix it. Yeah. I've always found the uh, pagination uh, stuff in uh, the functions in WordPress to be a little strange. I think they could probably use some love. Yeah, they're they're always a little weird, especially they're they're pretty they're okay as long as you don't have pretty permalinks. The moment you put in pretty permalinks and rewrites, things get a little bit more complicated. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but aside from spending an obnoxious amount of time tracking that down, uh, I've been working on Affiliate WP 1.4, which we're hoping to push out sometime this week, uh, probably either tomorrow or Thursday. Cool. What are, what are the, the headlining features in that? Uh, there's not a whole lot that's new in it. Uh, we've done some bug fixes, um, a couple of main bugs with, uh, like there was a Paid Memberships Pro bug that we fixed some some silly things with like pagination in the admin like if you go to the referrals tab and it's listing all the different referral commissions uh if you like sorted that by a by a specific affiliate then the pagination didn't didn't reflect that change so it would still be showing the pagination for all referrals so got things like that fixed uh introduced a new option to exclude sales tax from referral calculations uh that was that's a big one that people have been asking for for a while which just makes sense so if you have a $100 sale and 10 of that is sales tax, the referral gets calculated on $90 instead of $100. A okay. uh, couple other little bugs, but nothing too major. Right. So um, do, you do, do you do point releases uh, even if there's no features, no new features in it? Or is it, is it, a, is it like a uh, major, major version release? So in this case, features? we're doing, um, 
I guess I would call it a major version. So going from 1.32 to 1.4, uh, and in this case, it, it would be a major version. Of, we're having, adding the new feature of the, the tax ex exclusion. Option. I see. Um, otherwise, if we didn't have that, we'd probably do uh, 133. Gotcha. Cool. So you're just going up point ones. You, you're not going to wait to do two. You kind of use the WordPress uh, yes. way of doing it. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yep. Um, and that's, been, that's pretty much what's been keeping me busy for the last two weeks. Cool. Baby took up quite a bit of time. <laughs> As they do. Yep. As so we've got uh, two listeners submitted a series of questions for us. Some, uh, Chris Kindred and Ben Pearson. Mm -hmm. Brad, why don't you take us through uh, some of what Chris was asking about? Sure. Cool. Yeah. I'll just I'm just going to read it out what what he wrote. Um, this is an excerpt. He had a little bit more, but uh, we cut it down a little bit to save a little time. So he says. Every time I update my plugin, I end up having to go over to WordPress.org. Quote, how to use SVN to update your plugin page and spending 10 minutes learning it again. I only have one plugin on WordPress repo and it is pretty new. So I haven't been able to work with SVN much. Do either of you use a GUI or have any suggestions that might make SVN easier? It should be the easiest part of updating a plugin yet the part that I dread each time. Thanks again. If you ever end up in Crested Butte, Colorado, snowboarding instead of heading to the East Coast, I'll buy you a few beers. Sweet. That sounds well, uh, sounds like something you might want to take advantage of, Pid. Yeah. Uh, sounds like a few beers might be in order, especially if there's snowboarding involved. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, there's a few things that I would I would tell Chris. Uh, number one. Don't don't worry about having to go back to the documentation over and over again. Uh, that just means that you're learning it and you're working on committing it to memory. Personal confession: It took me nearly two years to remember how to update a plugin on .org from memory, instead of using the doc. So for nearly two years, I I referenced referenced the SVN doc every single time that I updated a plugin or committed a new plugin. Uh, so I, I don't I don't think there's any there's there's no shame in having to go back to a doc on that. Uh, especially if SVN isn't something you use every single day. Mm -hmm. Brad, do you have any similar experience? Well, yeah. I mean, there's definitely, like, when you're talking about command line stuff, I'm constantly checking man doc pages and, you know, trying to, because I'm not, I'm not in the command line all the time, so I don't really know it. I know every command and every argument that there is out there. I don't, and I don't actually know anyone who who is like that. I mean, that's, that is some master Jedi stuff, right? Definitely. I mean, there's always <laughs> going to be people that know more than more than others, but I mean, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of commands. Yeah. And so the ones that you commit to memory are the ones that you use all the time. Yes. So if you're not using them every single day, don't feel bad about them not sticking. Yeah. That being said, I knew SVN before I even uh, got into WordPress, so I had a little bit yeah, in a this bit particular advantage. area. Yeah, sure. I was. Yeah. I had a little. I was kind of cheated. So I think I I was more like Chris here in that I was learning SVN through necessity of trying to put my plugins on .org. Right. Uh, yeah. And for that, it honestly it was just just do it enough times and eventually it will stick. Yeah. Maybe like work on committing the first command to memory S SVN update, uh, SVN CI, etc. Just keep it really really simple. Don't try to remember everything. Mm -hmm. uh, you remember one command, then you remember the next command, etc. Yeah. And the other thing I think is you can script this stuff, right? You can create a little script uh, that that will deploy your plugin. Or, or take one from someone else who's written one for you. Exactly. Exactly. I've got one out there. I think we already talked about it on the show before. Yeah, I think it was in the show notes of a couple episodes ago. Yeah. So it, it, the script that I wrote <clears throat> does a build of the plugin and then deploys it to uh, WordPress.org and uh to github as well if, if you want you know um so yeah that's what i would do i'd script script a lot of things i also used to have like a little notepad uh document uh that had like common commands that i would use because i'd always forget them uh, the one that i used probably that i had to keep going back for often was um like the mysql dump command um because there were certain um, arguments. I still have to, have to reference the docs on those. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, there's there's one like thing that you have to put in there. Uh, oftentimes, it was to to force it UTF-8 because if you don't do that, sometimes you end up with squiggly characters, and so right. I could never remember how to write that out. So I was always having to copy and paste it. So uh, another thing that that Chris mentioned here, he was asking if either of us have a GUI that we use uh, to help make SVN easier. And there's a couple of things I would I'd like to say on that. Number one, is, uh, there are a couple of GUIs that work really, really well. Uh, if you're on Windows, Tortoise SVN is awesome. Uh, I used Tortoise for about two years. Uh, Tortoise also has a Git version, so it's Tortoise Git and Tortoise SVN. Uh, if you're on a Mac, uh, Versions is really great, as well as one called Tower. Uh, they're all awesome. But I think there's a if you really want to learn SVN and you really want to know what you're doing, I'd really encourage you to stick with the command line, simply because typing out the commands is what is really going to make you commit it to memory. Instead of going to a menu and saying update or something like that or tag release, you're actually running the individual commands that are triggering uh, the update process or committing these changes. And it helps you get a better understanding of what exactly is happening. Absolutely. Now, yeah. If you find you like GUIs better, by all means, use them. But I think if you want to learn it, use a command line, at least until you know what's going on. Here's here's what I what I've found is that people come to me and they're having trouble with SVN or Git, uh, and they're using you know Tortoise Tortoise SVN or or some GUI, and they've gotten themselves into trouble and they have they just really don't know how to get out of it because they don't have an understanding of the underlying things that are happening when they're clicking buttons in the GUI, and so they don't actually even know what they've done and how they've gotten there. And so it's really difficult to get yourself out of these situations when you you have no clue uh, what's what the underlying things that are happening are. Yeah, and by forcing yourself to work in the command line, those are the kind of things that you're going to learn what's going on and yeah. will learn how to get out of. Yeah, sounds like for this situation, he just wants to get he just wants to ignore SVN if possible, right? In that case. Find a script. There's a if you just search Google for like WordPress.org deploy script. There's a bunch of different ones. Uh, Brad has one. Mark Jakewith has one. Paul Clark has one. There's at least five or six different versions that are readily available that and, allow you to type one command into the command line and it does everything for you. And, and it's awesome. Mine actually came or originally I was using uh, Scribu. Scribus. Yep. Is, what's his name? Christy. Christy. Christy Burka or something? Uh, something like that. Yeah, uh, I was using his. He, he's an awesome developer. He started WPCLI as well, um, and he's got all these these uh, command line uh, scripts for deploying WordPress plugins. So check those out as well. That's that's how I got started uh, with my script. Um, yeah, so that that's uh, the I think that's the main piece of advice is that if you don't want to learn SVN because you don't need to, just get a script for it. Yeah, but if you want to learn it. Use the command line until you know what's going on, and then use a GUI or command line or whichever version, you, whatever method you like best. For sure. Cool. We've got another question here from Ben Pearson. Do you want to take that one, Ben? Sure. So Ben had a, had a couple of questions all around uh, daily routines and work habits. So he specifically asked, I'd be interested to hear an episode about your daily routines and habits for effective development. Uh, for example, do you have any tips that you can share about the way you work? Do you have particular times of the day that you allocate for WordPress development, support, marketing, et cetera? Exercise habits, sleep hours, uh, distractions, minimizing, minimizing distractions from notifications, project management, et cetera. So these are a few things that I would really like to hit on because I think they're questions that people tend to have a lot. Uh, and especially if somebody is working on getting started, they're looking at people who are established or businesses that are successful and they're saying, thinking, let me look at what they do so that I can see if I can better improve my habits or better improve the things that I'm doing. So, Brad, do you want to start out by telling us what's maybe one thing uh, from this list, whether it's uh, when you choose to work on development support, et cetera, when you exercise, how much you sleep, any of those things that you found sure. that has helped you with your business? Yeah. Well, let's just go through the list in order here. Start sure. with the the tips uh we can share about the way we work so um first thing he asks is do we have any particular times of the day that we allocate 
for WordPress development, support marketing, business development, learning, social media, phone calls, planning ahead, etc. So the way I have recently reorganized my day is that I find that I work really well in the morning till about noon. Uh, so what I do, what in the past, what I used to do is I used to tackle email, right? Because those are the, you know, the, the easy things to tackle, right? Because your inbox is full of unread messages and you should read them, right? I don't think that's true. I don't think that is the best way to work. If, if you're the most productive in that time before lunch, maybe glance at your emails to see if there's any that are like super urgent and if and deal with them. But all the others, ignore them and do some coding or whatever else that's um, that you're going to get the most. Whatever your most challenging task of the day. Yeah, is. exactly. Whatever your most challenging thing. That's that's what I do now. I, I found that to be absolutely true. Uh, and Brian Castle just wrote a blog post about that too. And that's one of the big things that he mentioned is that if you want to if you want to be successful, and one of the things that you can help make yourself more successful is get up in the morning uh, and do your hardest work in the morning. So mm-hmm. I'm just like you, Brad. I had the the habit of I would try to tackle email and support first thing in the morning because I had the mentality of, well, if I get that done, then I have the rest of the day to work on everything else. Mm-hmm. But what would usually happen is I would work on it all morning. I'd get to lunchtime. I'd take a break. I'd come back and I would still have more because guess what? It just keeps flowing in. <laughs> yeah. And I would never actually get to my main development work or the challenging work that I needed to do. Yeah. But exactly. if I if I put it off and I just and I do the hard work in the morning, like which is what I did this morning, I spent three hours working on Affiliate WP 1.4, and I got a lot done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now the rest of the afternoon, I'm probably going to do support and emails and other general tasks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've I've found that it's been, it's not always possible because you know I have people that you know need me to do things to get you know so that they can do their work so sometimes i have to do that whatever it is to so that they can continue their work um but i I found that go ahead uh for things like phone calls or meetings or things like that i like to have those in the afternoon Mm. as opposed to the morning uh the afternoon is usually a little slower for me a little sleepier uh and it's it's not that a, a phone call doesn't take attention or or take focus but it's it's not the same as trying to solve a logic bug yeah yeah and and i think creative energy is another thing that i've become very kind of aware of is that i find a most creative probably in that space as well during the morning yeah um it's it's where where probably like creative thinking um well, and I guess that's the same thing, really, we're talking about. Because when you're problem solving, you're, you're trying to come up with a creative solution, right? Yep. So it's a very and similar thing. I'm too. sure you're the same way, and I know a lot of people are, uh, is that you actually think a lot at night. Maybe it's mm-hmm. you're thinking while you're going to bed about a problem, or you're thinking about it if you woke up in the middle of the night, or even in, like while you're dreaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you use, like, think of that time as, like, it's it's a it's a weird kind of like focus time when you're sleeping, but like for example, last night I went to bed and I was thinking about all these different things that I needed to do for Affiliate WP 1.4, and like they were fresh in my mind while I was going to bed, and then when I woke up, and so I immediately tackled them. If I had waited six hours, they wouldn't have been fresh. Right. Uh, what about um, exercising? Uh, so it's funny. It It's, I find the hardest thing is to find the time, right? That's what people say. I can't find the time to exercise. Um, so what I've done and, and I, I kind of felt the same way, right? I don't like, I can't spend an hour doing exercise every day, single day. It's just, that's sure. seems like a lot out of your day. So what I do is, uh, I do about 20 minutes of high intensity training. It's called. H-I-T-T. Um, and it's kind of like the same. There's a lot of them out there. There's like P9EX or whatever. They're like just for those 20 minutes, you're basically just hammering it, right? Instead sure. of the other way of working out, which you see people at the gym where they're like, they hit the weights and then they're walking around for 10 minutes. <laughs> you know? um, so Taking it's Taking up a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's what I do. And I, I find it's really good because it gets your heart rate up. Uh, which is is really important 
because uh, if you if you don't get your heart rate up, um, there's a whole lot of like sure. um, like chemical benefits to getting your heart rate rate up. So I try to do that. What what do you do? Do you take well, a walk? Or... So I've got I've got a few things. Uh, number one, I, I think you have to decide uh, uh, when you're figuring out like what you're going to do exercise wise. Like what what are your goals? Like are you are you just trying to stay healthy and stay in shape? Are you trying to get really fit? Like are you training for marathons? So it's going to change depending on what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. For me, I, I just want to be healthy and I want to be reasonably fit. Uh, and so a couple of things. Number one is just like there's nothing wrong with taking 30 seconds to do 20 push-ups, mm-hmm. like a couple times a day or 50 sit-ups or something like that. Uh, I take my dog on a walk two or, three day, two or three times every single day and we go for between a half mile and a mile. And not only does that like just help me stay active, uh, it's also kind of my my mental break time and my my thinking time. If I have a problem I'm working on, I take the dog, I go for a walk, and I try to kind of work through it not in front of the screen. Right. Uh, and then the other thing is uh, my day-to-day work habits by using a standing desk help a ton. Oh, yeah. I'm standing up right now while this while we're recording. I actually sat down at the start of this episode, but I was standing for a while before that. We're, we're seesawing uh, here. Yeah. But just just standing for a large portion of the day, and by large, I really mean like half of the day. So I will go like an hour sitting, hour standing, hour sitting, hour standing. That alone makes me feel so much healthier than just if I was sitting every day and then exercising in the evening. Yeah. I mean, I, I used to uh, I used to sit like for half the day and stand for the half the day, and then I realized, whoa, what am I doing here? I got to start switching this up more often. And right. th- that's what I do now, too about you know every hour just or just more often i don't have like a set schedule or anything no i usually do it after i'm like hmm, i think i've been sitting for a while okay i'll stand up and then yeah. if if i get tired or my back hurts or something like that then i'll sit back down yeah yeah uh, sitting sitting for length i Not used to for sit you. for eight nine hours a day like and never even thought twice about it um and i think it's made a huge difference for me personally yeah uh, just sitting on your on your hamstrings is like so bad for your for your legs too like in terms of flexibility my legs used to get really really sore just from sitting yeah um the other thing uh i do i guess it's not really exercise per se but sports i i play um ultimate frisbee i practice Mm -hmm. with a club and i go to tournaments with them on weekends um so we go you know we travel around uh with this team and have shenanigans and uh and then in winter i play uh just rec league hockey nice. and um and, and, and these I are these are team are... sports right so the i think the important thing there is the like the camaraderie that you have with your teammates absolutely is, you're not doing it by yourself yeah it's it's super important especially for like me the only probably, people i socialize with is my wife and my kids there. right <laughs> there's probably another thing in there that's really important uh and i know brad we've talked about this before but those events are scheduled. Yes. They are part of your weekly schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to exercise or doing things that like just being active or getting away from work, if you can schedule them and just make it a part of your routine, it won't, it won't become a matter of, oh, I don't have time for this. Mm. It's and just it's, natural. It's just... Especially with team sports, right? Because you can't just put off a practice when you're playing right. with a team be- or a game. people are depending on you those people are depending on you so you i think you become more accountable to to doing to committing to those things and sticking with them right definitely so yeah what about sleep how much sleep you get every night you know so i used to not sleep at all uh (laughs) like two three years ago um when i was really kind of getting things ramped up a bit i i had the mentality of look I want to do this. I'm going to push. I'm going to keep pushing, and we're going to go for 18 hours a day. We'll sleep four hours a night. We'll get up early in the morning. We'll go to bed late at night. <laughs> it, it kind of worked, but you know what I found? I managed to double, triple, and quadruple the size of the business by sleeping eight hours a night. Oh, yeah, yeah. The right. more I slept, now, not like not the more I slept, but by forcing myself to actually sleep a healthy amount every night, mm-hmm. um, ignoring things like babies waking you up and stuff like that but like having a general sleep schedule of eight hours a night uh everything did better much better 
than when I was pushing through 18 hours a day. Yeah. Well, I think you, you start to see the forest for the trees, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, there's lots of literature that says, uh, you know, exactly what you're saying, that it's, it's better to sleep, uh, you know, eight, eight hours a night uh, than, than four and yeah. like you'll just I get, I get you'll be further ahead in the, in the eight to ten hours a day that i work now than i did when i worked 18 to 20 hours a day right because it's quality of work not necessarily exactly. quantity right yeah absolutely yeah exactly All right. have you found the same thing i've always pretty much yeah i've never been big on like all-nighters and all that like even in college i was like eh i'll take a drop in letter grade that's fine <laughs> <laughs> i don't care like it, yeah, I kind of, I don't know if I just kind of knew that it wasn't going to make a difference or not. Sure. Like, because that's what I felt. Like, if I stayed up all night studying, right, the next day I'd be useless at the exam. So what what, yeah. what was the point? Um, so I just said, you know what, this is, I ran out of time. Here I am. This is, this is where. <laughs> this, this is what I got for you. Yeah, this is what, this is it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's always kind of been my philosophy. I, that's not to say like when I was younger, when I was starting to program and I was just loving programming, I pulled, I'd be up till 5am just coding. Just yeah, but, I, I but get that's in the not zone. because you're trying to push through. That's because you're just intensely focused and interested in what you're doing. Yeah. That's I was very just, different. I was, I was just playing, right? Like, <laughs> it's yeah. just play time. I mean, that still happens to me where I, I'll be focused on something. I'll be playing around with something new. And all of a sudden I realize, oh, it's midnight. It's two o'clock in the morning or something like that. Yeah. And it's just because I was really focused and interested in what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you've probably got a flexible enough schedule that you could sleep in if you wanted to get your full night's sleep uh, sure. in those situations too, right? Yeah. That's So I found that I, I really hate to do that because one of the things that's really helped me mm-hmm. is to start working at the same time every day. Yeah. Uh, or close to it. I start between eight thirty and nine every single day. Right. And if I and I, I never start at ten. If yeah. I start at ten, then like my day's gone. Yeah. There's. I mean, there's. There's got to be. There's like a little bit of a, a culture of like staying up, pulling. You know, staying up all night and then sleeping during the day in the programming world, right? Absolutely. But, there's a lot of evidence that suggests that's terrible for you because of you know daylight uh, actually like changes your um, here's here's a your, really your interesting temp- that related to that uh, yeah. i'd have to look it up to find the actual uh study but someone did a study on the the overall intelligence iqs and the number of brain cells of uh flight attendants and pilots oh yeah they have really strange hours right because they're always flying over time zones time changes etc yeah and it turns out that on average like flight attendants, pilots, and people that have those kinds of hours actually dramatically lower their IQ over time just by doing those strange hours. Bartenders? I'm sure bartenders are the same way. Anybody that works in a job that has those really weird, non-consistent hours. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. They should get paid more, man. They should. Because <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's a hazard of the job, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just the hours they need to work. Man. So, all right. So what about, uh, one of the things I've been wanting to know, uh, any tips for working with young families or finding a family work balance? So uh, we're both actually in this same situation right now. Brad, you have two little ones. I have two little ones. Yeah. Uh, what do you, how do you find a balance for that? Um, I just, I'm just flexible, really. It's, it's, so when my son was born our first it was our first child and what i did basically is i would stay up basically did exactly what i shouldn't been doing and i was staying up late into the night you know 3 a.m ish um so that my wife could sleep during that time and then i'd go to bed and then she would get up when the baby would would cry and, and need to be tended to um so that actually kind of worked, right? Because the alternative was we both didn't get any sleep, right? Um, so, so I think you know, <laughs> when you there's going to be it's it's not going to be an ideal scenario, right? When you you have a baby that's getting up, you know, five times in a, in a night, right? So you, you kind of just try to figure it out and do the best you can, um, and that's what we ended up doing, and it worked out pretty good. So what about you? I found, uh, I just 
I guess I didn't really do that. Uh, my wife and I have always had a pretty similar sleep schedule in terms of we would we would both go to bed and we didn't we didn't try to offset it. Um, it was a it was a huge advantage for me just the fact that my wife stayed at home. Um, mm. she, she works part time as a dance teacher, uh, so what what we would normally do is like early we'd get up in the morning. She would sleep in about two hours longer than I would, and I would get as much done as I could in the morning and early afternoon. And then when she would go to work in the afternoons, then like that's when I would take a break and I would, I would take care of the kids. And then when she came back, then I would go back to work for a couple of hours. And that's what we did for about two years. Uh, and now we actually haven't really figured out what our new schedule is <laughs> yet because we're right. only a weekend. I could tell you what we do, we do now. <laughs> how did, how did it change? Same thing as the previous one? Uh, we, we, um, we basically said, okay, uh, the baby is your, my wife does the breastfeeding. So uh-huh. she has to get up in the night anyway. So right now it's like, okay, if the baby needs to be tended to at night, it's your job, your job. And you can sleep in, you know, she's on maternity leave, so she can sleep in all day if she wants to, right. If, if she doesn't get any sleep during the night. Um, so that's basically that kid's her responsibility and my, my responsibility is our, our two and a half year old. So that's, we kind of just said one kid's with you, one's mine. Like, so it's, it's been working out. Okay. I mean, I get, it's not ideal. Like my, my son has a, a cough right now. So I'm getting up like three times, four times a night anyway right. with him. So, uh, yeah, it's still challenging. Right. So I think one of the things that I look. I definitely learned uh, sometime last year was that if if your one and a half year old or your two year old wants something, it's okay to take a break. Go mm-hmm. spend five minutes with them. Go spend ten minutes with them. Like during the day, during the normal work day. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially at, since we work from home, we have that that privilege of <gasps> being able to go go spend a little bit of time with them, and and that's awesome. Uh, and so take advantage of it. I used to think that like oh. I'm going to lock myself in the office for the next eight hours and then I'll come back. Yeah. Uh, and, and I do that sometimes, but I really like being around them and there's nothing wrong with having five minutes of distractions or 10 minutes or taking a few minutes to go on a walk with them or go play in the backyard. I think it makes you a healthy human being. Yeah. No, for sure. I think yeah, getting away from the computer screen probably helps your, your brain kind of reset. Absolutely. Too. Now yeah. that being said, there, it's really valuable to also acknowledge that sometimes you have to get rid of distractions. And so on those days, I go to the coffee shop and I plug my headphones in and then I'm there for five hours or so without any distractions from a toddler running up and playing on my desk. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sometimes you just have to, you know, buckle down and get some work yeah. done. Right? You, got, you, have to, you have to find that balance. And, and we, you, have to, you have to work it out as a, as a family. Like for us, we figured out that basically if, if I have to go to the office and work, like if I close my door, it means I'm working. And yeah. in general, like don't ask me to come down and do the dishes. Right. <laughs> like I'll, ha- I'm, I'll happily do them later in the evening, but right now I'm working. Yeah. Uh, and it's so that I can not work in the evening. Do you, do you have trouble getting to sleep some nights? Is that an issue for you yet or? Uh, some nights, it depends on the, the day. If I have a, if I have a bad day or we have an issue that like, I'm having trouble working through an issue, whether it's a bug or we're having a problematic customer or something like that, then I absolutely do. Yeah. Um, but it's funny, funny. I just said yet, like as if it's gonna like, no, as oh, if there's an happen. age. Oh, I'm sure it's... it'll happen. And there's, uh, my, my family historically has issues that like my dad doesn't sleep hardly at all. He gets up at four o'clock every morning. Right. Cause he wakes up and he just can't sleep anymore. So I I'm know. sure it'll happen. I know it does happen to like, yeah, my, my in-laws have that problem and, and, uh, my parents also complaining about that too. So that's weird and scary. <laughs> I hope there's a cure for that before I get that. <laughs> yeah. I, I started, um, reading fiction before bed is what I found actually helps me. I like that you said that because something I've been thinking about recently, uh, I want to give a small shout out to Curtis McHale, um, one of the things that he said recently that he has done to help dramatically improve his business and increase their business's revenue is he stopped watching TV in the evening. Hmm. And he just start, and he started reading like workbooks and business books and stuff like that. I think that's awesome. But I want to counter it 
and say that I think there's a lot of truth to that, but I think there's also a lot of truth in completely disconnecting for three or four hours of the day. And if that means you're sitting in front of the TV watching soap operas, that's fine. If you're reading fiction, that's fine. If whatever you're doing, uh, that for me, like discovering that in the last year and a half has been one of the most valuable things I think I've found mm -hmm. is that it's okay to quit for three hours and don't even think about the business. Right. Like, so it's, it's almost like uh, intentional distraction Yes. <laughs> right? to distract your brain from thinking about business. Cause I, I used to try, like I was trying to read business stuff before bed and whole oh, man, that was like, that was like drinking. I might as well just pounded a thing of vodka because I yeah because it gets your brain going. Oh man, does it ever? Like I don't just know. I don't sparking, know if vodka right? gets your brain going, but maybe a, maybe a pot of coffee. Yeah. Okay. Caffeine. Yeah. Well, apparently alcohol is terrible before bed too. But anyway, yeah, it depends on how much you drink. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if you eat some turkey and have some wine. Probably not very good for you though. <laughs> yeah um but so have you minimized distraction is that that was another thing that ben brought up here minimizing distractions um is that something that you've i, I know you talked a bit about that when you went to canada to visit your sister wasn't it yes uh so there there's times i have and other times i haven't so one of the i think one of the things that people bring up a lot when they talk about minimizing distractions is Closing Facebook, closing Twitter, closing your email, things like that. I'll be perfectly honest. I leave Twitter and my email open 24 hours a day. Uh, like mm -hmm. it is always on my screen. I never close it. Mm -hmm. But there are certain times when I, w I will close it. I'm like, wow, I got a lot done suddenly. But for me, in general distractions are, are more of avoiding a lot of the little things that are not necessarily important. Uh, and And those could be like, uh, if you're if you're writing plugins, like if it's a little plugin that needs a little fix, it's okay to leave it for a few months. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have a little if you have a little task that you've just been needing to do, it's okay to leave it. Um, and so do you, like do you have like a to do list that you kind of? I say screw to do list. Okay. I hate. It. <laughs> uh, there's nothing that's distracted me more than a big to do list. Mm -hmm. uh, so for me, my to do list is my Google Calendar. And I'll put like three main items for each day that I need to do. And yeah. it, to me, that's basically like, hey, this one, this bug needs to be fixed for this customer. Mm -hmm. So let's make sure that it happens. But yeah. I will, I've never had a to-do list. I mean, I've tried, but I've never had them be successful because they're always a distraction and they just keep building up and building up and building up and building up. No, I think, I mean, essentially what you're doing with your Google Calendar is a to-do list. I, I, I call that a to-do list. It's sure. But setting, I, okay. setting it each day. This is the things yes. that you want to get done today. And then that allows you to, when a plugin, a pull request comes in for one of your plugins, then you just say, you know what? That's not today. You right. Know? I say it's not today. And I don't even worry about noting it down. I don't create a to-do list for the next month in advance. Right. Ever. Yeah. I create it for today and tomorrow, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and it's okay to have things <laughs> sit around for a bit. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, But I think it... If you create a to-do list and you have the entire month planned out, like that's going to be a burden, and you're going to have a really hard time working through that, right? Because it's going to be like you have the never-ending to-do list. Yeah, yeah, everyone has a never-ending to-do list. That yeah. doesn't mean you need to be staring at it. Yeah, I, I what, basically what I do is I I have a bunch of to-do lists, but I've only got a very small one is the one that I actually look at all the time. All the other ones are, you know, GitHub issues over here and GitHub issues over there, right? right? Those are all to-do lists. It's, it's a to-do list, but it's not a do this now list. Exactly, exactly. It's a, hey, let's make sure this is logged so that when we come back or if we have, if this comes up again, we know that it was recorded somewhere. Yeah. Do, have you ever heard of getting things done, GTD? It's like a... That sounds familiar. It's like a, a technique. There's a book by Paul Allen and... I, I don't I don't even think I read the book. I just read so many articles that <laughs> that were about the book or you know sure. some Reference spin on more. the book. Yeah. Uh that I feel like you know I, I got the the gist of it. Basically though, like one of the the facets is when some <clears throat> when a task comes in to your inbox, you add it uh if you can take care of it in like, you know, 
a couple of minutes, then you do it, right? You take care of it because it, it'll take you longer to like put that on a list somewhere than just to take care of it, sure. right? Uh, and then if it if it needs attention later, then you add it to appropriate list. If it needs attention like way in the future, then you add it to that list. It's kind of, that's kind of like the basics of it. I probably butchered this thing because no, I never I, I never actually read the book, but that that's, sounds very close. That's basically what I do. That's that's basically the yep. the steps. That I find I the take. same thing, like, and I, and I do that day to day in customer support. If a customer reports a bug, mm-hmm. and I'm reading it, and I realize, oh, that's definitely a bug, and I can fix it right now. I will fix it immediately because I know it will be faster for me to fix it now than to log it. And then to later look it up, reread their ticket, reinvestigate, and try to remember what I was thinking at the time. Right. And so I'll fix it immediately. And then sometimes I'll fix it, and then I will create an issue to log it just so I know there was a history behind why that command was made. Hmm. Another um, another thing that I've found that's really helped me out is uh, notifications. So, you know, like when email comes in, there's a ding. Uh, and then your phone buzzes, and then uh, when twi- someone mentions you on Twitter, some alert comes up. Like it's just there's way too many notifications, right? Because every app now wants to notify you, right? Wants your attention. Um, so I just all across the board, they're all done. Because so I, I get no notifications. So I check my email <laughs> if I want to know if there's something new in there. Sure. And I check Twitter if I want to see if there's something in there. I get a notification when someone text messages me and direct messages me through Twitter. And that's it. That's the only time I get an alert. Um, and I just, I, I see people um, using their computer or using a phone and they're just getting bombarded with messages all the time. And I'm just like, how do you, how do you operate like that? Like it, it would drive me insane. I'm definitely cutting down on the number of notifications I get. Yeah. Just be, for that exact same reason. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's liberating, man. It feels so good. <laughs> yeah. I still have a few that come in. Uh, like I get, uh, if I'm on my desktop, I get Twitter notifications. But if I'm, on, if I'm on my phone, my iPad or my laptop, I don't get any. Right. Mostly because they don't actually work on my phone, which is strange. Twitter just like decided that it could no longer send notifications to my phone two years ago. And I decided it was a blessing. <laughs> that's, so I just that's went with weird. it. Yeah. yeah. Like, even though I've updated my phone, like, literally upgraded the phone to a different device three times since then, they still don't work. <laughs> that is But really I decided it was there. a good thing. So. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, so I find that, like, for me, like, when I get a notification, uh, or, or when I, before I implemented this, I was getting a lot of notifications. I just felt like, like anxiety all the time, right? Because I yeah. felt like I was constantly connected and, and just get being like, basically being shot in the face with a fire hose all the time, you know? That's what kind of what it felt like. Not quite so dramatic, but, but you know, on a, a kind of smaller it's, it's scale. Inter- it's interrupting your flow. It's changing your attention for a moment. And yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I remember at one point I had like this, um, was on Windows and I had this. I installed this dig, what you know, and dig yes. was awesome. This dig thing, and any time like a, an article would hit the top, right, Oof. it would it would notify me. That's so like a terrible just, idea. I was just getting like these notifications constantly of these articles that weren't important at all, right? <laughs> do Do you listen to the news? Is that is that something no. you do? No. I only listen to the news if I'm driving in my car. Right. Same thing. I actually, I don't listen to podcasts either at, at work. I will listen to them in the car. Right. Because yeah. they're a distraction while I'm working. Hmm. Hmm. I actually I have a really hard time listening to a podcast and working at the same time. Yeah. Oh, it's, I can't listen to any talk radio no. at all. Uh, I listen and... to music all day long, but I cannot listen to, I can't listen to a conversation. Yeah. The same here. Doesn't work. In fact, it, it, I find it work better if I listen to music that I'm very familiar with. Uh, oh yeah, I actually have. I will every month or so. I will transition to a new album or a <laughs> set of albums. So right now, I have about three albums and three artists that I listen to on repeat. So I will listen to the same song probably ten times every single day. Yeah. And 
my wife has told me that it drives her absolutely crazy. (laughs) I have headphones for things like that. Uh, But it really helps me. I actually have a couple of songs that I will occasionally play on repeat and I will listen to them for five hours straight. And I like the song enough that it doesn't bother me listening to it over and over again, but it's because it helps me really like get into that rhythm and nothing is changing. It is a, it's the same song over and over again. And so it's a constant and that helps a lot. I found if you haven't ever tried it, seriously, give it a try, find a song you really like, uh, maybe know it really well, music, uh, lyrics or no lyrics, it's up to you and listen to it on repeat for three or four hours. Yeah. Amazing things will happen. Yep. (laughs) It might drive you crazy at first when you realize I've heard the same song for a while, but I I think stop noticing it after a while. You don't notice because how many times I guarantee you, anybody who listens to music all the time while they're working has done this. You listen to a song and you realize that you accidentally turned a song on a repeat or the same album. You're like, Oh, I've listened to this five times already in the last two hours. Oh, that was weird. But wait, if you think about it, it was actually awesome because it didn't. You didn't think about it. Yeah, it didn't even occur to you. Yeah, definitely. And that's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, uh, having these qu- these questions from Chris and Ben has been awesome. Uh, yeah. If anybody, anytime anybody has questions that they would like to see if they can get them answered on the show, whether they're about development, about work, about business. Let us know. Um, we keep a log of all of them. And so what we've been doing is every couple episodes, we'll just try to put a couple of them together. Uh, and as we've been accumulating more and more questions, we're kind of putting them together uh, into individual episodes. And I think it's fun. So if you have anything you want us to talk about, let us know. Uh, sure. Brad, do you have anything that you want to throw in? Uh, just, uh, I think I want to mention our sponsors again because they're so yeah. awesome. Uh, WP Ninjas, thank you. Thank you guys. So check out Ninja Forums, Ninja Demo, if you haven't already. Those are some awesome uh, WordPress I will say they products. did just push out a really slick update for uh, conditional logic and uh, notifications. So our two big features that a lot of people have been wanting lets you Ooh. do some really cool things. Conditional logic, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, and I believe they actually connected it with their notification system. So just as a quick example, uh, if you have a pre-sale form and a support form, and you want them to go to different inboxes, or you want to do something with them, you can easily do that based upon like a subject line. Ooh, that's cool. Yep. So cool stuff you can do. Go check them out. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Catch you next time.